Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Here's the pitch. Swing and a miss. Struck him out. 99 upstairs. Soto strikes out the side. And it's Philadelphia coming from behind. They win it 7-6 to six tonight. Inconsistency seems to continue to plague the Pirates. Not just this month, but this season. I mean, they have a good month. They've had a good month compared to the other months they've had this season. And if one of those months turned uh, turned around, they might actually be in the running for the playoffs. But that's not where we are right now. And inconsistencies still do plague the Pirates. They lose seven to six yesterday against the Philadelphia Phillies after leading five to nothing. Not as big as a comeback as they had against the Cincinnati Reds on Saturday last weekend. But, you know, it's still rough to blow a lead like that. And either way, here we are. Pirates down now. Uh, you know, still obviously not going to make 500 this year. Uh, there's some good signs, though. O'Neill Cruz took batting practice yesterday. Greg Brown posted that on X. His batting practice and uh, TV guys reported on it. So did the radio guys talking about how he took batting practice before the game. And that's encouraging to see because... You thought that when he didn't come back in August that, you know, maybe the rehab assignment was uh, was falling behind schedule for him. And, you know, you, don't, you never like to see that. But it's good to see that he's taking batting practice and that he is uh, – that he's healthy enough to do that. And um, he's hopefully readying uh, a return. He's not going to return this season, but, you know, going into the off season, he's ready to prepare and continue to take reps and – be all he can be come 2024. But my name is Nicholas Harry Callis. This is the Fan Early Morning Show. It's the Wake Up Show. The Wake Up Show presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude to work at 84 Lumber, and you can apply online at 84lumber.com. Already got a call, so I'll take it. I do want to talk about the Steelers today. We can talk about the Pirates a little bit if you want the Pirates 74 and 84. Uh, still five games ahead of the Cardinals, and in all likelihood, unless the Cardinals get hot, and the Pirates get cold. The Pirates will finish ahead of the Cardinals for the first time since 1999 in the division. So, I mean, that, that's something to celebrate in itself. I know a fourth-place finish isn't, you know, the most exciting. But uh, still to finish over the Cardinals and to, you know, beat them regularly this season, um, that's encouraging to, to know that the other teams now in the division have a chance while the Cardinals are, are struggling to get it together for the first time in a while. I also saw a stat, I think it's been 30-some years I saw that the that the Yankees, Red Sox, or 
Cardinals are not featured in the Major League Baseball postseason. First time in 30-some years. So that's pretty interesting. And the three highest payrolls in Major League Baseball have not made the playoffs. The teams with the highest payroll in baseball, top three payrolls, not make the playoffs this season. So I think that's, I think that's also an interesting storyline as well. I believe it's the Yankees, Mets, and the Padres. All the highest payrolls, all not see the postseason this year. So it's not all about money. I mean, I've been saying that for months with the Pirates. It's not just about blind spending. It's not just about spending money on established veterans. There's got to be some development. you got to find the primes of players while they're still on their uh, young contracts. Because if not, I mean, you could have a situation, especially with the Mets. I mean, the Yankees had a bunch of injuries, and, and they struggled for, for various reasons. When, when they didn't have Judge, they went on a slow streak, so to rely on him, that's that's tough. But, I mean, the Mets, who signed David Robertson, Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, they traded for Daniel Vogelbach, right? Like, all these pieces that tried to come together, and they couldn't get it done, and they ended up trading away a lot of those big pieces. So, uh, we don't want that to be the Pirates, but then again, you know, prospects have to develop them. And so that's really what's been plaguing the Pirates, is that they just... Uh, the the development stage has been slower, more methodical, and uh, it hasn't worked out in recent years, at least for a winning record. It hasn't worked out, but uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, they got a lot of guys in the tank. Let's go to Roland from Castle Shannon, who wants to talk this morning at 412-928-9370. Good morning, Roland. Good morning, Nick. How are you? Uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. Feeling a little bit today. I'm ready for a Friday, but, you know. What do I talk about, Roland? Hey. Well, first thing I have to say is, Nick, you sound like you found your mojo. <laughs> Thorne found his mojo. All Austin right. Powers, Mike Myers, Austin Powers, he found his mojo in the movie. Right. <laughs> you know what? You, you know what Crowley has? What does Crowley have? It's called Nojo. 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 Why do you he say that? Nothing. He got nothing. Here's why he has nothing. Did you ever play poker? where you move chips in, or you have to have, to have what's called a poker face. Roland, I'm going to be honest with you. I might derail this whole conversation because I've never played poker in my life. Don't know how to play at all. Okay. If you play cards or any game, there's a thing in life called a poker face. You never tell people what you're doing. If you're happy, you just have the same look. Sometimes people wear sunglasses, so they can't get a read off of you. Right. Roland, thank you for the call. I don't know exactly where that was going. I like Crowley half the time because the other half of the time he's not nice. But then again, I enjoy him when I'm not nice to him. So it's fine. It's a symbiotic relationship, right? A little bit of little bit of not nice here, not nice there, right? We give and take. And I actually didn't want to talk about a prank that I pulled on him yesterday that was funny. But, uh, yeah, Roland, uh, if you're calling in, keep it to the sports conversation. Um, overall, I like Crowley. No, I'm just kidding. We, we all play. But uh, Crowley's a Crowley's a good guy, and um, his job is to wear his heart on his sleeve with the show because he's supposed to tell you how he's feeling, so that we can all have conversations. If Crowley kept a lot of what he was saying in, um, we wouldn't have many conversations. But uh, Tomlin, on the other hand, is a different story, and kind of reflecting on just some of the conversations that we had yesterday. Uh, my opinion is a little bit taken back. Tomlin does not have to speak. I didn't make that clear when I spoke yesterday either. So Tomlin's a different guy. Tomlin can. Tomlin can keep in his comments as he wants to, 
And that's that's what that is. Uh, he doesn't have to speak to media. I don't trust him anymore when he speaks. And maybe that's his goal, too, is that, you know, if he says that he lied and he loses credibility with people, well, fine. I get less questions at a press conference and I get to move on to things I want to do during the day because maybe the press conferences aren't that attractive to attend and and to participate in, which th- that could be it, too. I mean, you know, the, the only reason why they do that. Uh, do that is so that people can watch or that uh, members of media can report on his comments and, and report on the information that he's passing on. But, you know, the less credible that information is, the less he might have to do it. He just has to do it in some capacity. But, you know, who knows what his motive is there. But he does not have to. He doesn't have to. Like, he's not He's not legally binded. He's not forced to give us answers that we want or that we find morally just he has to stand up there and answer questions. And if you saw Marshawn Lynch talk last decade in a few of his press conferences, he exploited the NFL's bare minimum. Like, he did the bare minimum, so much so that in one interview he just kept saying, like, yeah, yeah, it's all the questions. And then the other interview, the notorious one, the most notable, I would say, among NFL fans, I'm just here so I don't get fined, right? And that's the bare minimum. That is, that is the definition of the bare minimum, is that you get asked a question and every answer to his question, which is truthful there, is he's just sitting there so he doesn't get fined by the league. Doesn't mean that they need to answer in a specific way. Tomlin doesn't have to answer in a specific way. I just lost a little bit of credibility with them, and I expected more from the Steelers organization, but my expectations aren't at the threshold for uh, – for what the league should and shouldn't do. So with that clear, um, let's talk about this real quick. And if you want to hit me up on X, you can, formerly known as Twitter, at Callas underscore 33. That's C-A-L-L-A-S underscore 33. I put a little prank on Crowley speaking to him too yesterday. Um, I thought he would have known my number, and I just wanted to test it. Doran said that he knew almost right away that it was me when he was looking on the text line, but Crowley was responding, and I said, uh, well, I called him a swear word. I was like, you're just a blank, right? And then he responded to me, why do you have to treat Callus that way? And I thought that was ironic that he put my name in there when I'm talking to him. And I said, you have no idea what Callus has done. He just responded, LOL. And I said, well, you might laugh if you find out you might not. You'll be talking to me shortly, though, believe it or not. And he said, this is a threat. And he comes into the booth after that. And I thought we were getting threatened on the text line before I revealed to him, like, no, that's just me. I'm playing a prank on you. But go on Twitter to look at the full conversation, or X, uh, at Callus underscore 33. That's C-A-L-L-A-S underscore 33. And I'm the only one that's allowed to mess with him on the text line. Don't go and start doing uh, uh, that to him and, and making threats. I'm not necessarily, uh, no, I'm not for sure endorsing that decision. But, uh, no, I just wanted to play a little prank on him just to, have an interaction with him and see if he ever noticed that it was me and he didn't and he didn't recognize my number either, which I'm a little insulted by. But uh, funny little thing there uh, yesterday. All right, uh, let's talk a little bit more about the Steelers now. So we touched on the Pirates right there, 74 and 84. Uh, they're struggling uh, to end the season here. They, uh, the Phillies beat them in 10 innings. I mean, the games have been close, I'll say that. They, in theory, should have won yesterday's game, and and really it's just all about consistency. With the Pirates at this point, they just don't have consistency right now with some of the players that they're expected to rely on to have success, to uh, pull them through 
and uh, and to get them to win. So like when many of the relied on players are inconsistent, they're not going to win, and that's just that's just what it is. And we've seen that pretty much all season, especially when they were on their losing streaks. But I mean, for a, a team in the playoffs, Pirates hanging with them. Uh, you know, they lost an extras a couple days ago, and then yesterday. They lost seven to six. Though again, they had a five-run lead, so that's uh, rough. There's not too much more to say uh, on that front, but um, still faith to hold. Um, there's still next year to look forward to. It's just yeah, right now they're they're not they're not super consistent. All right. Uh, also, uh, go to 100.1 FM and AM 1020 KDKA tonight at 7:30. Westwood One's coverage of Thursday Night Football will begin. It's the Lions and the Packers tonight in NFC North. Uh, game to be played and uh, won't feature Aaron Rodgers this time and it'll also feature a Lions team that uh, that's moving that's intriguing this season so yeah if you want to hear that game tonight if you want to listen to that game especially if you don't want to play uh, pay for Amazon Prime right because that's no fun uh, you can get the game for free you just have to listen to it on 100.1 FM and AM 1020 KDKA uh, they'll have Westwood One's broadcast of Thursday Night Football all right, well, I've kind of exhausted the Pirates in this first segment, so I'm going to go and take a break. If you want to call and you want to talk to me at all this morning, 412-928-9370. You can talk to me there. You can tag me in an X post uh, at Callas underscore 33. That's C-A-L-L-A-S underscore 33. I respond to those posts as well uh, if you tag me. And uh, it's going to be a Steelers segment, uh, next segment for this show. So if you want to call and talk about the Steelers, they're playing the Houston Texans. This weekend, so if you want to call and, and talk to me about that game, ask, uh, ask me some questions about that game. Um, I'll preview that a little bit. I'll talk about uh, the Steelers running game. I'll talk about how I still feel about Mad Canada. And um, you're welcome to weigh in as well at 412-928-9370 and on X. So uh, talk to me there again at Callas underscore 33. That's C-A-L-L-A-S underscore 33. And I will return momentarily. My name is Nicholas Harry Callis, and this is the Fan Early Morning Show on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. September is truck month at Sun Chevy. Come see their half-ton to three-quarter-ton Silverados. You can also visit them online at sunchevy.com. Today, high of 72, low of 54. Mostly cloudy skies all throughout the day, and there's some chance of rain between 7 and 9 o'clock. That's no fun. Friday, high of 72, low of 57, more overcast skies expected. But Saturday, Sunday, it's supposed to be sunny, and next week highs are expected to get back up to 80, so a little more warm weather before uh, actually moving into October. I can't believe that. It is September 28th. It's my dad's birthday as well, by the way, today too, so shout out to him. Happy birthday, Dad. Uh, happy birthday, Craig Riley as well, our boss. So um, nice to hear that as well. A couple birthdays that are um, in close relation to me. So that's cool. But, um, yeah, I can't believe October's right around the corner either. It's just uh, it's nuts to me. The NFL is in, is in full gear now, so that's cool. Postseason baseball coming up. I love to see that. I'd love it even more if the Pirates were in it. But, you know, that's okay as long as the Cardinals, Cubs, and Reds are not in there. That's fine. The Cubs are more likely, actually, at this point to make it in. The Marlins have blown their opportunities to 
catch up. So uh, bummer there. And then the Marlins play the Pirates, and I don't necessarily want the Pirates to get swept in the season. So RIP to that. The Cubs that think the Pirates are not uh, competent, or at least the the manager of the team, does not think the Pirates are competent enough to beat them. Um, they're going to make it into the postseason, so that's kind of a bummer. Uh, at least the Reds aren't going to make it either. I just I have a I have a grudge against the Reds. Not so much, I guess, anything personally that they've done. I mean, their owner coming out there uh, a couple years ago and saying that fans don't have a choice. Doesn't matter what products on the field. Um, they're going to show up. I, you know, I don't love those comments. Um, one of the reasons I'm down on the Reds, but so many so many fans here are just so upset because Ellie De La Cruz got called up. And the Reds are this now model organization, and you know they're great. They're going to make the playoffs, and they're going to win the division. And then they didn't. And I know they had a ten-game winning streak, but then they had a ten-game losing streak uh, about three weeks to a month after their ten-game winning streak. So they reset that, and they've fallen off since. They're not a model organization, and I'm just mad at them in general. And I hope they don't make the playoffs, just so Pirate fans can not be super upset with with the team to say that the Reds made it because they called up prospects. Cause that's not entirely true. Like they, they're not a model organization. They've had so many things go wrong for them in, in recent history. They're not to seem to model after. I think the pirates are, are maneuvering. They've got their own set of problems, but you know, just because the the Reds called up uh, LA Taylor Cruz, it did not save their season. And, and I knew that. And I could have told you that because the league adjusts to everybody eventually and when you're a hot name, when you're a hot topic, when you're producing at a high level, pitchers are going to study you and figure out what your weaknesses are. And that's what they did. And he's kind of done not a whole lot in these last couple months. So the Reds, not a model organization. And I do hope that they don't make the playoffs and they're not likely to anyhow. So that's that's good from my perspective. Okay, let's talk about the Steelers. we got a few minutes left to talk. If you want to call, you want to talk about it, 412 412- Nine two eight nine three seven zero. Talk to me about the Pirates. Talk to me about Thursday Night Football tonight. That's fine. Um, Steelers, though, I want to talk about the Steelers. There's so much pressure being put on the running back situation and the running backs in the situation that the Steelers have that there's the whole debate. Is Najee better than Jalen Warren? Uh, who's the best option to have there at back? And, I mean, there was a whole lot of controversy yesterday, uh, and there's so much controversy in this topic that uh, Adam Crowley wanted to ban Mark Caboli from the show because those two got into it a little bit. You know, Crowley just bringing up facts, Caboli saying, ah, it's only three games. Uh, I'm kind of in the middle with that because I think that they're, the combination of the two I think works well for the Steelers to have a, a couple different styles in there for for certain runs or certain situations now uh defenses can pick up on that easier um if that's the case over time because you know if Najee's really good at you know like trying to break through and push and and be strong and get through then defenses might look to that more and then be a little more conservative and just try to fill holes whenever Jalen Warren is in the backfield and, and ready to get a carry. So there are downsides to to using two guys with a, a, two different games. But Nadja I want to focus on more specifically as well because he just – and Trey Essex illustrated this beautifully on Monday uh, when I was here and when uh, Adam Crowley and Doran Dickerson talked to him 
during the morning show talking about how Najee tries to take on the entire defense every play. And that's not sustainable for your health. That's not a sustainable running game. And then Kaboli, I heard yesterday, I think on Cook and Joe, talking about how Najee uh, tries to be Le'Veon Bell at certain times and he's not that type of running back. And, yeah, that that's Najee's thing is that sometimes he can't get out of his own way to trust the line to hit holes. Now, one could argue that sometimes the line and, you know, a good percentage, enough of a percentage of the time, the line is not creating a hole for Najee, so he has a right to be scared and try to bounce everything outside. On the other hand, though, it is fair to say that, you know, maybe he doesn't trust his lineman enough and that he should be hitting more of the holes that they create than he does. Now, those are all fair assessments. I mean, either way you look at it, I don't blame Najee too much for not trusting the offensive line, especially how it's played over the last couple seasons. It's gotten better this season, but still doesn't mean it's a good line, and it still doesn't mean that he's not at risk of getting hit. And I mean, some of the hits he's taken this year, too, um, met right at the line and just knocked down. I could understand why he's a little bit uh, scared, perhaps, to, to, to trust those holes because, you know, they're not always safe. And I get that. But I, I want a little bit of pressure taken off of Najee uh, from you guys as fans. I like him as a running back still. I think there are a few tweaks that he could make but uh, to to better his game, but he still has to trust the offensive line. And the offensive line has to block for him in return and make sure that he doesn't just get decked um, on you know a few plays game to game. they got to protect him so that he's not met at the line ever. Like, that should never happen. And being met at the line like that or being met in the backfield – the way he has, but I like him as a running back. I I trust him, and I think that you know the the Steelers have a fortunate situation where they have Najee, who I think is a talented running back, and I think makes an impact with a guy like Jalen Warren, who's you know finesse. He hits holes, and you know he's got he's got the power to uh, get you nice chunks of yards uh, over each run and each carry that he has. I think it's good to have that combination, though, where you can put either of those guys in the game and you can trust them to to fight and get you a good chunk of yards uh, every running play, provided that they hit holes and the linemen create those holes to hit. Got a caller at 412-928-9370. Good morning. What's your name? It's Anthony. Anthony, what do you want to talk about? Look, all of All of the assumptions that people make about this team a running back, whatever receiver is not going to change until the coordinator changes. Yep. It's, it's not a coincidence that these the, the reason why the running game is not going to work the way the Steelers fans thought it would is because the other defenses don't respect the passing game. And if you can't scheme people open, it's not a it's not a secret how Miami in the forty they scheme their players open. Right. This is, the, the, the offenses that we see in the NFL are the same offense we saw 50 years ago when Bill Walsh was at the Cincinnati Bengals, was their coordinator. It's the same thing when Kenny Anderson was running it. It's the West Coast offense. And, and it's no different than what you see in Kansas City. Why? Because uh, their coach is a disciple of Holmgren, who's what? A disciple of the Walsh West Coast offense. Mm-hmm. So you got a, you got a choice to pick. Okay, that's fashionable now. There's only been three offenses the last 50 years in the NFL have been successful. It's the Walsh offense. It's the Coriel offense. It was the greatest show on turf. And it was the, uh, it was the Earhart 
what what they ran in New England. That's the that that's the offshoot of the Earhart Bill Purcells. It's just that simple, people. We try to make these things complicated. It's not. So when when we had A B here, they respected the passing game, and you got big runs. Not a secret, people. Anthony, I appreciate the call. Thank you. No, yeah, those comments, uh, well said and well taken. Yeah, I mean, especially when you have like the the linebacker core and the cornerbacks who, um, I mean, cornerbacks really have the responsibility of the you know the wide receivers. But again, like some of those guys can start to crash if they understand that like a run is coming, or maybe they'll just anticipate a run better because the passing game is a little weaker. I can understand that. And linebackers, for sure, where they're versatile, sometimes they got to drop back and just cover the uh, immediate space behind the line. Sometimes they got to crash and they got to fill the holes that the linemen create on offense to um, to stop runs. So, yeah, I, I get that. And uh, it could be a Matt Canada thing. Maybe Matt Canada is overthinking offensive procedure, and I wouldn't put it past him. And, again, I still don't like him as the coordinator, regardless of how they played against the Las Vegas Raiders. So that's my take on it. That's always been my take on it. So, uh, Anthony, your point's well taken. I don't disagree with uh, with much, if anything, about uh, what you just said. Yeah, that's that's for sure. The, the, the passing game, not so respected, and that might cause the defense to be more comfortable when a run happens because um, – the passing game isn't respected as much. Now, I will say, with Calvin Austin breaking out and George Pickens breaking out against the Raiders and Kenny Pickett successfully executing deep passes and completions, um, uh, a couple for touchdowns as well, um, It's uh, in that case, maybe the passing game is getting more strengthened and is becoming more formidable, which we want to see. But I agree that generally overall, through the first three games in total, the passing game has not been Super strong. So I'm with you. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 